0: And welcome, everybody, to a Technical Tuesday, the class where we sort of dive deep and really look at the foundations of our bagpiping, what it is that we're supposed to do really well so as to be able to be free to do anything we want. That's the idea of the foundations, right? The the fundamentals of bagpiping are the things that everybody must master in order to be truly free and express ourselves as musicians. They're the the backbone on which we build everything else, the foundation. So, um, in that vein, we're going to be looking today at several things, um, some student questions here. And we're going to start with embellishments, and sort of uh, how we approach embellishments, because there's been some questions about GDEs, Terlewas, and Burls. Let me know if I missed one. Um, And so... Let's dive into that. Let's start with a terralua. Let's see, can I get a terralua up here? Oh, uh, let's just draw one. Heck, it's been a while. Uh, okay, so I want a whiteboard. Because I know you guys love when I go drawing. And we're going to be smart today and draw sh- lines using boxes. There are four lines. Need one more. Something like that. Need a little line here. Oh, and look, it looks like staff paper now. Hee 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 hee. Good enough, right? Sheet music. Participants and chat. Let me just get those two back here. Keep an eye on it. So, here comes a terlua. Who can help me? What are the steps of a Terlua? We'll, we'll, we'll write it out and draw it out at the same time. What are the steps of a Terlua? We'll, we'll start on low A, for example. Low A Terlua. Who's got the steps? Who can help me here? John, from any note. Excellent. Play low G. First step. Step number two. D grace note on low G. So, D grace note on low G and then an E grace note to another note which in this case we'll do Oops, E grace note to and then we put another melody note and we should have three lines up here in theory so let's say A to A excellent so there we are everyone with me Can you see how the steps correspond exactly to what we write? And vice versa. So, one other important factor, of course, are the cardinal rules of embellishments. The first two are the most important. That is, play the steps accurately. And then, secondly, of course, that each step is even in length. All steps are equal in length. Those are the two most important steps. If you follow those two, you'll be able to play any embellishment really, really well. And as we start to get more advanced, of course, the third cardinal rule becomes that the steps should be ASAP, as small as musically possible. That makes for a nice concise embellishment. There are some exceptions to that. One of which is playing jigs, like this week we're playing a jig. Jigs or reels are an opportunity sometimes to open up some of this technique bigger than ASAP, that sort of third cardinal rule, Um, where we we actually literally extend or subdivide the note value that we have into the steps, or the steps of the uh, embellishment into the note value that we have making it bigger. A good example is Troy's wedding with the D throws. That D is written on a quarter note. But if I subdivide that quarter note into three equal parts, low G, D grace note to C, and D, and use that entire length of the quarter note to evenly play those three steps, I can get a really nice feel. Very similar there at the end. So that's an effect that we can choose to do. We can choose to break that third rule in sort of jigs in real time there's some other exceptions of course Um, but yeah anyway the three cardinal rules any questions on the steps or the rules those are the first two points to getting any embellishment correct Um, okay uh, so let's see it was Dave that had the question on the Terlua correct Dave if that was you can you come on the mic unmute yourself Morning. Morning. Thanks. All right. You're welcome. So tell me a little, what is it that you're struggling with?
1: Um, I think it's more so, I, I know the technique and I know where I got to be, but I feel like I might be rushing or crunching and jumping off that E either way too late that it's actually coming up after the melody note or the final note. Like I was uh, Molly Darling, um, playing Molly Darling at the end. I feel like I'm in such a rush to think off the next line that I'm blowing through this.
0: Good. Okay. I'm totally with you. Um, and so, we're having issues with... What what, um, what cardinal rule do you think?
1: The... Um, Evenly?
0: <laughs> Evenness? Well, it depends, because if you said you're still you're playing that E grace note either early or late, that would be a problem with the accuracy of the steps as well. So okay. it could be sort of both. Um, do you want to try a couple for us? Just okay. nice and slow?
2: Okay.
0: okay. Okay, let me modify our little exercise here. The G grace note on the A? Yeah, G grace note on the A, and then we'll we'll do two beats here. So, G grace note on the A, the second beat starts on the low G grace note of the Terralua. Okay. Okay, excellent. So, what we're hearing there is a great example of issues in both of the first two cardinal rules. Uh, We're not always playing the right steps. I mean, you're not far off, but we got some sync errors. And the steps aren't usually even. So, that's okay. Here's how we fix that. I want to go slower. I want you to open up that Terlua a lot more. Okay. Um, And I want to hear each individual step. Meaning, I want you to tell yourself the step as you do it, or before you do it, and then execute it. Okay. So walk yourself through it. Right. Excellent. Those are perfect. No problem <laughs> whatsoever. They're even and they're accurate. So, Dave, you can play perfect Teraluas. <laughs> Where does the issue happen? Uh, in, in the tune. In
3: when the, you try the, to
0: speed it up. Yeah. Right? And certainly in the tune, you know, you could play it at that tempo. If you slowed the whole rest of the tune down, Mm -hmm. right, and then fit that in just nice and evenly, I would suggest trying that. Step two, we do want to work towards that third goal, that third um, cardinal rule, which is the quickness of the steps, if you will.
3: Mm.
0: How do we do that?
1: Uh, Repetition.
0: Sure. Not just doing it over and over. How do we get it faster?
1: Flay your fingers around? That's
0: probably not the best solution. Uh, yeah. So the answer is a slow incremental increase in tempo, playing one after another, and then just until the point that you make a mistake Okay. with those steps. Or you lose track. You don't know whether it was good or bad. Okay. Because if you don't know if it was good or bad, it was probably bad.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and then we want to drop back down to where you're positive that it was good. And then keep working up. And same thing. Until you make a mistake. But you'll see over time, and I'm not talking necessarily in you know, within a practice session, but also within days mm-hmm. or weeks, you'll see an upwards incline, an upwards average in the speed. Uh, it's a slow process. Because it's worth getting it right for that exact reason. So, Dave... There's nothing hard. You can do it. You just demonstrate the <sighs> perfect Terralua technique. Simply need to work slowly and diligently for three or four minutes a day for two or three weeks on speeding up your Terraluas.
1: I think I just needed confirmation that I was doing it right and that I wasn't just, and then that I can re- revert back to what you were just saying.
0: Yeah. Nice and slow. Yeah. Right. Because when you played it fast, they weren't right. There was a yeah. <laughs> in the categories. So, yeah. Um, that that's good. You've got to work on it, but there's nothing left to do but just to do it. You have all the skills and knowledge to do it. So, work on it. Come back next week and let us know.
4: Great. What
2: Thanks. Nice job, Dave. Thank you.
0: Alright. So, who's up with the burls? Who had the burl question?
2: I did. Roger.
0: Okay. Roger, Roger. Um, let's Talk about the burrow. Can you tell me first the steps of a burrow?
2: Boy, usually start with a. Okay. Uh, an
0: A melody note, right?
2: A melody note, yes.
0: Excellent. We'll put a G grace note on it next.
2: A G uh, low, yeah, low G, and and then back across to an A again.
0: Well, what happens when we're on low A? We're on a low A melody note, right? Right. And we want to play a... What is that? The, the low G, the first one. Uh,
2: strike, like the strike. The strike.
0: Okay, and a strike means that uh, we have the same note on either side, right? Right. In order to get that strike, that pop sound, we've got to have the same note on the other side. So it's a G grace note, or sorry, it's a, G, it's a low G strike, Right. On low A, okay. so that's the first step to strike on low A. Right. And after that,
2: um, another G strike.
0: Another low G strike, exactly. And because it's a strike, we got to finish on the same note. And in this case, we'll put another melody okay. note. Well, in a way, right? This. Oh, I don't want to connect them. Um. In a way, that low A in the middle is a melody note. Not in a way. It is definitively a melody note. We just write it up. You could, by the way, absolutely 100% write it down if you really wanted. You'd have to sort of adjust the timing a little bit, the, the way the mathematics of the bar. But you could just write two, two strikes in a row. has a very similar sound. But we use, obviously... Burl, oops, there we go. Okay, so there we go. That's a A to A burl. Right. Up next, let's have you give it a try and see what happens here. So two beats, same thing. G grace on low A, burl starting on low on uh, on the (laughs) beat. Same two cardinal rules, or three if you want, apply here. Are the first two correct as you play those? Uh, probably not. <laughs> well, try a few more and think about it. Let me know if there, what the issue is that you hear. Okay. What do you think?
2: Is it the... Uh... Well, I'm not consistent with it. I know that.
0: Okay. What's okay. not consistent?
2: The the size of the grace notes? or
0: The size, sort of relating to that third cardinal rule. Okay, sure. I agree. Any issues with the first two? With the accuracy or the evenness?
2: Uh, yeah, they're probably not even. I'm sure. Did, did you hear it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a physical thing for me as far as how I'm doing it. I think, you know, how,
0: Maybe. I'm,
2: how I'm approaching it. I mean, I could do it slow. Like, you know, I mean, that's the whole. I mean, that
0: part of it. Do do more at your normal speed. All right, let me rephrase that that if that's the normal speed what were you doing just before it was a little slower Well. yeah so here's here's what i'd say roger the first few burls that you played were generally pretty good um there are sometimes and that was evident in the last few that you just played before i stopped you and had to go slower sometimes you have some step uh, some accuracy issues with the steps it's not an issue i know that you're trying to do the right thing but we're sometimes hearing a little b sound in there or we don't quite cover the hole completely on one of the two strikes okay. and like then we pull, get
2: like pulling the finger off sort of when you're going across
0: sure. yeah. right so do you do the tap drag like uh, no,
2: actually do the, the seven.
0: The seven, yeah. Okay, seven and off. And yeah. so, yeah, if we miss that hole on the bottom. <coughs> sorry, I get the B sound when I play the seven. <coughs> right, if I miss the hole a little bit on my way across and I don't actually cover it, I miss the hole or I get close, that causes some intonation issues and we don't actually hear that low G. We'd call that a problem in the steps. That makes sense? Yes. Same thing with the B sound sneaking in there. It's a little problem with the stuff. You're not executing the steps correctly. That being said, a lot of the ones that you started playing when you first started were good. Um, And I'm not even sure they had issues with the evenness. Because, in reality, we only have two steps here. Strike on low A, strike on low A. So it's hard to judge the evenness. If we put a G-grace note and a low A here, da-da-da, then we'd be probably more likely to have some evenness issues. Da-da-da-da. You want to try that?
2: Yeah, sure.
0: Okay. There you go. So... There is some slight evenness issues. What step do you think might be imbalanced?
2: First G-Grace
0: note? It's the G-Grace note to A. It's the right. A that's the melody note, right? And right. if that A becomes too long, which is what happening, what's happening there, then we get that imbalanced. You're playing da-da-da, da-da-da, instead right. of da-da-da, da-da-da. And that's the hard part. So, but there's a reason here that that's it. That that one's hard. It's because you don't really control the strikes them, themselves as you play the burl. It's muscle memory, right? It right. just sort of goes on its own, and that's what we need to work to break down and rebuild so that we have control over the speed of our burl. Does that make I, sense? I
2: also have trouble transitioning that to the pipes. You know, like I could get it on the practice channer, but then when I go to pipes, it feels completely different.
0: Sure. You should do this right on the pipes. Oh. Forget rebuilding it on the practice channer.
2: Right. Okay.
0: Get up on the pipes and play five minutes, right? Use that as part of your warm-up. Just play some burls. Um, you know, all, all sort of types. Or, you know, if you do, continue the seven, same thing. But don't just do what I did there and play a million in a row. That might help with building the muscle itself, but it's not going to help us play good burls. What we need to do any time we repeat something is set it up, hopefully with a metronome, but at least with our foot tapping, so we get a nice regular um, burl, and give yourself time in between each one to analyze how it goes. Something like... right now, I'm just giving myself a beat afterwards. And that way I have a three-beat rotation. But I have that little bit of recovery time instead of going right into the next G-grace note. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, that does. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And then build that up. So that's just a plain barrel. Put in, the, put in a little low A from, say, E. So no G-grace note. I taught a class about this, I don't know, last week, two weeks ago, something like that, which I think ended up in my library um, I'm almost positive did on building up burls. It's a really good class. You should go watch it. Okay. Um, and then integrate that G. note as well.
4: <laughs>
0: right? And see how I always have at least a beat after I've done it? That's time to reflect, make sure I'm on the beat, and make sure I've analyzed what I just did before I repeat it. So take your time, work through it that way, and okay. uh, yeah, let us know how it goes. Great. Thank you, Carl. You're very welcome, Roger. All right. I think Nancy's up with some GDEs. Nancy, can you unmute yourself? Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so issues in GDEs. Yeah. Also. The main
3: issue that I have is individually, I can play each one of uh, and just fine. But it's when um, I'm in a piece trying not to get my left um, pointer finger from taking over on that E. Because I keep having a hard time trying to keep it to the G, to the D, to the E. I kept, keep wanting to go back to that G and play the G grace note all the time. So it kind of messes uh, up.
0: Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Or are you actually lifting both?
3: Yeah, I'm lifting at sometimes both and sometimes just the one. So then what happened as a result of that, I developed this wonderful thing called a death grip on the chanter to keep my G stable. And, and on the chanter while I lifted the E, which caused the whole hand to kind of clinch up and the E would get a little heavier. And so then it couldn't get up to speed as quickly. So it's kind of like a combination of relaxing the hand, but keeping it in place. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, 100 percent. Definitely understand. Um, so what are what are the important things when thinking about GDEs? I'll, I'll draw some out here as we as we talk. What are the important things we need to consider in terms of what are the fundamental skills we need in order to play a GDE?
3: Well, make sure that they're played on the proper beat, but make sure they're in the right order. And so that if, right. But if we're looking at more
0: fundamentally Troy's
3: wedding, okay. So I was thrilled when you picked Troy's wedding, because it had pretty good um, practice in that, this area. And my teacher even said, I have to work on the, these, more so i was thrilled to see this right but, right
0: but start with the fundamental what are the fundamentals needed to do this correctly
3: be able to play the grace notes on each of the notes that it's required to do
0: okay and how do we play grace notes? what's what is a grace note
3: just a little um tap like you know lifting and putting down of the finger very quick on the beat with the note. <laughs>
0: yeah and it's not necessarily on the beat or g grace notes usually are yeah that's what i mean but like, not exclusively yeah. and sometimes there's other ones so that's not a fundamental skill of gra or, or a fundamental component what what is a grace note in its most distilled nature the very very base of a grace note what is it what is a grace note it's a tiny little yeah. accent note it's not a note I know accent. It's an accent type of thing. Getting there. Accent. I like. What does it sound like? A little bleep. Yeah. (laughs) If you had to represent that with a sound, what would it sound like? I don't know. um,
3: It just sounds like just a little chirp type of thing on the front of the note to separate the note
0: from wherever it is. Interesting. You're getting there. Separate the note. Little chirp. It's like something percussive. There you go. Yeah, right? It's a punch. It's a, a pop. Okay. How long are they? Very short. Minimally. How short? Uh, milliseconds. Uh, I don't know how to measure that. How short are they, Nancy? I mean, I'm just... Um. Probably the equivalent of a 64th note. I have no idea how long that is because that depends on the tempo.
3: Right. But still, they're, they're still just a percussive tap. Yeah,
0: percussive tap. Exactly. And how long is a percussive tap? Try, try tapping on the table or computer or something. How long is it? How long was that?
3: Not very. I don't know. How do you measure that? <laughs> right
0: really 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 short the answer is really infinitely short. small right? right in in theory right it's infinitely small right as small as it can still exist any smaller you'll miss it you don't hear it right and any bigger what happens if it's bigger than infinitely small it becomes
3: a melody note which it sounds we? more like a melody note
0: but do you, do you see how we get there to a, you know, a small percussive note.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And not, sorry, a pa- small percussive uh, event. Tap, yes, event. Oh. And it's not, I wouldn't say tap simply because that could be confused with a strike. Some, t- some people ah. call those taps. That's the only reason I wouldn't say that. Um, there's one little extra piece that we need here. Okay. And it's evident right where I have drawn this out here. What function does a grace note provide bagpipers? It, it provides us a way to
3: separate the same note because we can't, since there's a continuous sound, that note, if it didn't have the grace notes, would just be an A going straight through. But with the notes, it adds um, the interest and the separation of the the sounds and the beats to add, um, to embellish
0: the music. Yes. You got it. G, well, grace notes are percussive articulations. In other words, they allow us to articulate the difference between two of the same notes. Mm-hmm. Or to better articulate a note change. G grace note from A to E, for example. Right. Articulating that note. That's what a grace note is. Fundamentally, it's a percussive articulation. Does that make sense? Yes. Absolutely. No, so, um, w- we got there in sort of the opposite way. We looked at all of the things that we need a grace note to be, and we've come to the idea of a, of a, um, a percussive articulation. Mm-hmm. Jennifer says, "I would change musically to audibly, though." Yeah, I agree, John. It's not musically possible. That's a melody, don't music melody. It's as short as audibly possible for a grace note. As short mm-hmm. as. If that's like an extra A and A step. Anyway, it's as short as audibly possible. A percussive articulation, um, and so as we approach something like a GDE, that's what we want to have in mind. Grace note size, right. also synchronization, right? If we're moving up and down the scale, mm-hmm. but mostly for GDES because they're very often on the same note are articulating the differences uh, f- of three of the same notes we end up really needing a focus on the size obviously we have to play the right grace note that's so for my dress- is too Playing
3: right. that right
0: grace note and that's- i'm with you there but we need to build this up slowly it's the sort of same process that we did with um uh uh uh, uh, uh dave on the teralua just really backing that tempo off so that you have time to think about what you need to to do it right. It's not whether you can play a G, D, or E. You can, of course, do that. You just are struggling to do it at tempo and in context. Correct. Right? Yes. So, when we're struggling to play something at tempo or in context, what do we need to do? Practice it slowly first and then work up the speed. Pull it out of context, slow it down. Mm -hmm. Then, as we need to put it back into context, keep it slow, but in context, and work on slowly um, increasing the tempo, right? Right. that Make sense? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So we, ha- we have a plan of attack how to fix this, right, Nancy? Right. Okay. Let's try a few, just on their own, what I've written up here. Okay. Um, just nice and slow. Let's hear them. Think about you know, relaxing your hands a little bit, getting the right grace note. And the grace note size. Okay. Good. Do, do like 30 back to back. Nice, 30? even tempo. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, don't count. Just I'll stop you.
3: Well, I'm tapping my foot, but you can't hear it because it's a barefoot there, so.
0: <laughs> I want them even. Just keep going. Da, 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 da. Listen to the size of the E. Is the A too long? It's bigger. It's not, I mean, yeah, it's too long. It's bigger than the others also. Oh, okay. Why? What are you doing with your finger? Is this My pinky board. all the way back? Is I this never pinky all back here?
3: I don't know. I've never focused on where that pinky was before. Okay. Take a look. <laughs> Try a few more. Okay. That's, I heard it. It did sound bigger. <laughs>
0: Even 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 the
3: Whoops, did you hear that G kick back in? That's
0: what I, I played, played two Ds, but <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you're getting there. Uh, This would be a good exercise for you to do with the metronome as well. Um, But what you're really focused in here is keeping those even and addressing the size. Even meaning accurately spaced, like evenly spaced. Mm -hmm. And really focusing on the size because the D and the E are both a little large. And as we focus in on the size... A key component of that is going to be how our fingers are. If we're pushing down too hard, like this pinky is tucked back here or something, that makes it very hard to lift the E. Yeah, my, okay. Okay? So yeah. thinking about our finger position, tension, and how to get that grace note smaller, but also just repeatable and consistent. You'll notice that as you get the grace note smaller, you'll often have issues keeping it in the right place in right. you sort all of that out. So there you go you got some homework but i I think you have a right the right path on which to address it thank you good job nancy all right everyone's seeing how we can really break down any bit of technique here's three great examples of different technique that all i did was break it down to the very fundamentals that are the same no matter what we're addressing, and we can sort of then build it up from there and see where the error is or how to fix it. All of you hopefully can do the same. Anytime you hear uh, some issues in your own technique, try to do what we just did here in these three examples. And if you have questions, ask. we will help. Um, but does that make sense? How we can bring it dil- all the way back to the very, very roots find the problem, address it, and that gives a pretty clear pathway of where to go. Was anyone surprised at how I oriented the three people here to fix the problem? Or was it kind of like, oh, well, yeah, of course, that's, that's, of course he would say that. The idea should be hopefully, yes, that was obvious to most of us that that's the way to fix it. But it's not always obvious when we're trying to do it ourselves. I want to encourage you to try to think of it that way. It's a great way to develop control. Any questions on on this, the topic, the fundamental, before we move on to the sweet spot? So the things that we use, the fundamentals that we used in this are the embellishment cardinal rules, and also just the idea of grace note size and sync, and the sort of implications with those. Those are the two fundamentals we sort of used for that. Yeah, Jennifer says, for us older dojoers, the old dojoers, the long-time, let's say the long-time dojoers. I don't want to get into the old part. (laughs) (laughs) um, You've been through it a number of times, right? Yeah, and so for you, it's easy. But, yeah, for some of those newer guys out there, is that making sense? (laughs) Don't be too hard on yourself, guys. Okay, let's talk about the sweet spot. And as much as I loved my beautiful staff music today, I'm going to delete all of this. Okay, so uh, the questions on the staff music were... uh, 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 There was a couple. We had being confident finding the sweet spot, and when can one start hunting for the sweet spot. I've just started playing with one tenner and the chaner Okay, that's a great question. Uh, let's start with the second one. Who asked the hunting for the sweet spot when you can start? Because you just started with the tenor and the sweet spot. Who was that? When can, someone, when can one start hunting for the sweet spot? Who asked that question? Can you come on the mic and make me look back? Um... And Scott, I don't want to forget yours either. Uh, That was Dave. Dave, are you still out there? No, not sorry, different Dave. Armstrong. Um, Yeah, it was different Dave. I don't know if he's still here. Okay, he's not. Oh, well, the answer is immediately. Uh, Okay, so Scott, also, I want to grab your question here so I don't forget. Drones have been working well. Let's just answer this one now. Scott says, my drones have been working well, uh, starts and cut off. have been good. I went out to play, and it was humid. I barely blew, and my drones all shut off. Will I need to adjust my drones based on weather? Scott, are you still out there? Can you come on the, on the mic? Yes. yes, I am. All right, good morning. Am. Good, morning. good morning. So, um, what causes... Uh, let me ask this first when this happened was it immediate as soon as you walked outside or after yeah. some
1: time I, I i actually traveled with my bagpipes you know about five miles down the road and it was humid uh got him out of the car didn't really do a real major warm-up or anything uh and uh yeah i just started playing uh scotland the brave and uh They shut off quickly.
0: Yeah, okay, so pretty much at the beginning of your playing session.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Okay, so let me ask this. What is the likelihood that there is moisture on the drones? Good, good likelihood. Really? Why? What would have put moisture on them before you started playing? Humidity. Well, yeah, but unless the dew point, right... Unless right. the dew point is at the right thing, so we have dew on everything, yeah. and your drones were outside at that point, there wouldn't be any standing moisture on them to okay. start with, right? Okay, all right, right. So I don't think it's that. Like that could be a possibility, right? If your drones get wet, and this is why I was asking if you'd already been playing and had this problem. If your drones get wet, they can have that issue where they start shutting off much earlier than before. Okay. So. I don't think it's an issue with the drones themselves. What? Where else could the issue reside? If it's not the drones... But, and, you know, I, I don't know if I uh, asked
1: my question appropriately. The drone reads. Right. The, I the, um, Yeah, the drone reads, uh, as far as, yeah, calibration goes, uh, where they... Do I need to recalibrate them it was my question. It was my I mind.
0: understand. We'll get there. Okay. Um, but my, my response to that is, well, hang on. Is the problem with the drone reads at all? Because it's not really humidity yet. Because you just started playing when this happened. Right. So if it's not the drone reads, is there another place that might be mm-hmm. causing something else that might be causing your drones to shut off?
1: Well, overblowing.
0: That's a good one. Possibility. Though I'm assuming when you play Scotland the Brave inside it's just fine. Yes. Okay. So it's probably not overblowing unless you just were a little excited. It's possible. That could have been. Could have been possible. I was playing. What about was. another possibility? Oh. Um what dictates the pressure inside the bagpipe? how much pressure we need. What dictates how much pressure we need? What, what is the, the thing that we put on our bagpipes, which can all that can change the pressure needed to play. If it's not the drones. Air? (laughs) The Chana read. Oh. Right. Okay. How hard was the Chana read? Right. We might have an easy read in there.
1: Yeah, it's probably easy to medium up. You know, I hadn't changed it. You know, it's the same one I've been playing for
0: 100 hours, maybe. Okay, excellent. Um, what happens to a channa reed with mm. changes in moisture, humidity? Uh, it's flatter. That is definitely true, yeah. It does get flatter. It's have another side effect. Mm. It can get easier or sometimes harder Hmm. and that and that's one of those things where um some reeds tend to get easier as you as you introduce some moisture but for the most part for me most reeds get easier more based on playing and temperature but slightly harder based on moisture as they absorb that absorb that moisture, they become more dense, and therefore, take a little bit more energy to vibrate. So my thought, and this is just a theory, um, but my thought here is that your reed sucked up some extra humidity because it was a nice humid day. And it can do that sort of in its dry stock or just sort of from the ambient air, right? Uh It's like a sponge, so it can suck up moisture out of the air. The drone reeds don't really do that. You know, they're not a porous material as much as as the reed itself, uh, the chanter reed. So it's possible that your chanter reed was actually just harder because you were outside (laughs) and it was more humid. And that's why your drones were shutting off. I would bet that the drones were the same as they were the day before. Right. But the chanter reed had changed, and that's why you had that problem. So we get back to the question of, well... Do I have to recalibrate my drones based on the weather? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I would say yes. Yeah. I, I have do. to make them, uh, I have to pull them away from the tongue.
0: Yeah, you got to make the tongues a little bit longer, uh, open them up, make them a tiny bit harder. Um, yeah. But it's not the drones, right? And I think that's an important thing to remember. That it's not really the drones that are changing there. It's the channer that we need to match it to. And yeah, and therefore we do need to make changes regularly with our drones, recalibrate them. That being said, it's usually a pretty small change in humidity, so they were probably a bit overcalibrated and the, dr- the, the chan are a bit dry. Gotcha. So a slight adjustment there, and I mean really slight. It shouldn't have been big. Um, probably would have fixed it. The other thing to mention... Um, is if that happens to you, don't react immediately. Okay. Play for 10 or 15 minutes, even, you know, 5 or 10. With the drones off, that's fine. Play a little bit because that read should get a little bit easier as you play, and then you might not have that problem at all.
1: Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? That's
0: very helpful. Yes. So, yeah, you were right, but we got to make sure we're thinking of it the right way. So.
1: Okay. Well, I cool. appreciate it. Thank you, Carl.
0: You're very welcome, Scott. Thank you for that good question. Yeah, and uh, Tony, I think it's on your end. Your, your internet is not stable. Okay, um, and now we have 10 minutes left and two questions. Well, one, one and a half, because Dave's no longer here. Dave, other Dave. Uh, so, Dick, can you come on the mic? because it was your question about being confident finding the sweet spot. Can you hear me? Yes, good morning. Good morning. So, confidence finding the sweet spot. First of all, let's just really quickly, what is the sweet spot?
4: The, the sweet spot's where you get the maximum what tone or vibrations or vibrancy out of the reed. Right, and so how do we get it, right, that? right. The way you find it is is to use the manometer, and you slowly increase the pressure, playing G grace notes on low G, mm-hmm. until you get to the point where you start to get some squeaks. Right. And and, and then that's where it's at.
0: Sure. Some slight intonation issues or chirps. Right. Right. G grace We don't really want squeaks. That's true. Right. Much. Right. But yeah. So that's how we find it. So. The, 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 the definition of the sweet spot one more attempt
4: the definition
0: yes it's
4: the it's the pressure it well as far as finding it or as far as what it is it's where you get the maximum you know vibrations and vibrancy or whatever you want to call it from the the read and it's where
0: you're playing g grace notes on yeah lap- yeah that's how we find it i'll i'll, I'll give you the answer here the our definition, anyway, of the sweet spot is the maximum playing pressure, which is where okay. we have that great benefit of the maximum harmonics as well. Right. Okay. Maximum possible playing pressure. MPPP. <laughs> maximum possible playing pressure. Right. Um, right. That's the idea. That very, very basics. So we need to blow as hard as we can. Right. That read. And for as hard as I blow, before it becomes unstable, you get chirps and squeaks. Right. That has more and more vibrancy. It physically right. It vibrates more fully. Right. So. Right. So, confidence issues in finding. Right. So. Playing it.
4: Yeah. So here's the deal. Um, you know, I've gone through the transitioning to the pipes and where wherever else you've got. You know talking about the sweet spot tucked in and you know I've got the manometer I've done it a bunch of times trying to find that and I've always struggled part of the problem early on was I was playing I think I was trying to play a reed that was just way too hard and it was hard for me to blow to the sweet spot and have any kind of steadiness and so I was bouncing around a lot um, and that's been a problem since I started, you know, a couple of years ago, was the fact that, they, well, first of all, I was always kind of encouraged to try to play a harder read all the time. And since I've got on the doja here, I've just kind of come to the conclusion that was counterproductive. Um, uh, but anyway, so, you know, and, I, and I've gone through the class, and, and uh, so I've been trying to find it, and I struggle with that. And it's just a matter of saying yep there it is you know what I'm saying when I'm when I'm doing the test just with some confidence saying yep that's where it is and uh, the last read I had uh, what happened was in the afternoon class or the evening class Andy had me get on the mic and play the pipes and helped me you know figure out where that point was so I knew on my manometer with some confidence yeah that's where it is Um, and so You know, I was doing really good with it, and I was really starting to feel like I was making some progress, although I don't know what it it showed on your end when you were reviewing my tapes for the week, but, uh, you know, I thought I was making some progress, and then uh, last week, uh, taking my pipes apart, I got careless and destroyed my reed, and uh, so I've got another one I put in, and now I'm back where I was. Okay, is this really where the sweet spot is? You know, And that's why I was asking about, can I send you a video... Yeah. If I do two or three videos and say, okay, here's where I think it is, can you help me isolate it a little bit? And, and it's just like the tuning. You know, at first with the tuning, I just couldn't get my mind around it really. And it took me a long, long time. And then going, you know, even through some online, you know, tuning online in the afternoon class and stuff like that, it got to the point now I feel fairly comfortable and fairly confident. I can get it close to tune. Uh, and that's just where I am right now. But the problem is, this sort of pre uh, is a precursor to that. So it's sure. it's like I, I need to get this first so I can do the other part.
0: So let me let me interject there. And you're hundred percent right. We need to be playing at the sweet spot before we're really too worried about tuning, right? Because any issues in playing in the sweet spot will have issues. Will we'll, it will influence the tuning and make it compound it, make it harder. There's also a precursor to blowing tone, to, to hitting the sweet spot. And what is that? Any idea? What's, what, what in the bagpipe tree of sound comes before
4: Before the uh, sweet, spot? sweet spot?
0: Yeah. Well,
4: it's maintenance, isn't it?
0: Or maintenance be- definitely comes before that, so right. any issues in maintenance will affect it. Right. What is it that those issues in maintenance could affect?
4: Ah, sorry, I'm blanking here.
0: Sure, and maybe it's maybe it's not perfectly uh phrased, but uh, what I'm looking for is issues in our physical blowing. Okay. Um, mechanics. Right. Okay. Influence our ability right. to achieve the sweet spot. More specifically keeping a steady transition right Mm -hmm. right and most importantly the biggest trouble that people have when finding the sweet spot is that as they increase pressure they do a big jump right i struggle with that right and that's a little bit of the physical aspect of blowing and squeezing we have to be able to steadily and slowly incrementally increase the pressure And that's where you're going to struggle with finding the sweet spot is if we can't do this slow increase in pressure until we hit that sweet spot, we're going to struggle. Because if we're jumping around like this, it's hard to find that sweet spot. Right. So, right, the goal here, we don't teach to blow steady. We don't teach that. Because naturally shooting for that sweet spot, once it's set usually creates a byproduct of blowing fairly steadily um but to set that we're sort of in a catch-22 we have to have enough control we have to be steady enough to increase that pressure slowly and really have the control to hear where it pops where, where we start to get those intonation issues and squeaks and squeals so here's my suggestion with the manometer obviously plugged in as we're doing this test the low g playing low g with g grace notes high g grace notes mm-hmm. and steadily increasing the pressure you want to watch that manometer like a hawk and really do your best to make that as steady as an increase as physically possible and that element working on being more steady there and getting that ramp that slow increase to be more stable and consistent needs to be your goal okay that will help you in order to determine the sweet spot and therefore play in it. Okay. Does that, does that help? Does that give you a, a place to work on it's, that?
4: It's the next thing to try, yeah.
0: Yeah, that should help. Okay, um, thank and then you. Obviously, Dick, just uh, final thoughts here, and that's as you play, remember your sweet spot starts to dive off as the read gets easier. So right. you'll have to test test this again and again. Uh, And I do remember your recording from this past week. I think I did that. And um, you were definitely below the sweet spot. Okay. But anyway, uh, do a couple more recordings, practice this a little, and let's see what you come up with for Thursday. All right. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. All right, everybody. Well, that was fun. Did you guys have fun? We covered a lot of different topics. But, I mean, what a great class for a Tuesday, a a technical Tuesday. Um, Covered lots of topics, but... The takeaway here... What we're trying to do at the dojo is approach everything from a logical basis so that we can attack any problem with these tools. Um, And so I hope that was was helpful for you guys to to sort of see that process, even if you didn't get... um, your question answered uh, or you had some other similar questions that, that helped give you the indication that pushed you need to to find where you need to go next in your own so that was, that was super fun guys, I, I had a blast we'll see you very very soon <laughs> some guys on Facebook and the dojo said the dojo is too arrogant it's all about helping you guys. I don't know how that's arrogant. So, <laughs> uh, All right, everybody. Have a great day. Stopping the recording there.
4: Hey, everybody. Andrew Douglas here from the Piper's Dojo. And I just want to say thanks so much for listening to today's iteration of the podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, it would be super helpful to us and to a lot of bagpipers out there trying to find us. If you could give us a top-notch review on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast, particularly Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, and things like that, your review would be really, really helpful. So if you have a moment today, definitely go over there and help us out. Other than that, until we meet again on the podcast or somewhere else, thanks again for listening. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>